Hello and welcome to another episode of the Evolution Medicine Podcast. I am your host, Joe Alcock. This will be an Evolution Medicine short to be followed up with a longer episode a little bit later this week. But I wanted to make some announcements before I proceed. I'm going to be in Tempe, Arizona, in the Phoenix area, on the week of March 12th. Uh, this is a week in which I'm going to be helping to teach Mayo medical students. This is the Mayo uh, Medical School in Scottsdale. And I'll be working with the Arizona Center for Evolution and Medicine in teaching these students for their yearly evolution, evolutionary medicine selective. It was a fun event. I taught it last year, and the students are great. But while I'm there, I will be giving a talk at Cattle Track Arts and Preservation at 7 p.m., on March 12th. This will be in Scottsdale, Arizona. You can go to the website www.cattletrack.org and I'm going to be talking about the microbiome, our evolution with the microbiome, and ways in which the microbiome is like a Trojan horse and can go quite bad when we're exposed to extreme environments like what we discover in the wilderness. So that should be a fun talk. I'm also doing a wilderness medicine talk a little bit later in March. And this is the 2019 Mountain and Emergency Medicine Conference. This is at the Taos Ski Valley. It's March 21st through 23rd. And it's sponsored by the University of New Mexico International Mountain Medicine Center. Should be a great fun event. On the 22nd, I'm going to be talking about the high altitude evolution in three populations. The Andeans, Sherpas, and the Northeast Africans that live at high altitude, and how we can learn from their evolution to explain why it is that we get sick at high altitude. So, super fun event. That's going to be a three-day event at, in Taos in March. Should be great spring skiing. Uh, should be terrific education for anybody interested in mountain medicine, emergency medicine, or evolutionary medicine. And then the final announcement is that later on this summer, in August 13th through 19th, I will be at the fifth annual meeting of the International Society for Evolution, Medicine, and Public Health. That's isemph.org. That's in Zurich, Switzerland. Promises to be, to be a both a spectacular setting and a great event for anybody involved in evolutionary medicine. So go to that website, sign up for the, any of these events, and I will keep you posted as things progress. But the reason I wanted to do this short episode of the Evolution Medicine Podcast, is that the other day I was working, working until midnight in the ER, busy shift, lots of sick people, tiring day, and I'm, I'm walking to my car, I just happen to take a look at my smartphone, and uh, Google has a little alert, and they alerted me to another paper that came out on the topic of fever and treating fever. Here's the title. This is by Paul Young. Paul Young is a well-respected clinical trialist, a great speaker. If you haven't heard his talk at the SMAC conference, and that's at Social Media and Critical Care, he gives a great talk on fever. Uh, I, have, I have a link to that in my blog. But this new paper is published in Intensive Care Medicine. The title is Fever Control in Critically Ill Adults, an Individual Patient Data Meta-Analysis of Randomized Control Trials. So again, this is a systematic review where they look at individual patients that were involved in a variety of different trials, randomized controlled trials, 
to find out whether there's any group in which treating fever makes people better. So right here, even before I read the paper, I'm like, no way, come on. This has been studied almost to death. There are dozens of observational trials, all of which show that in critical illness and infection, we're better off when we have a fever. Well done randomized control trials, there are three. There's one relatively small trial looking at ibuprofen in which that worsened outcomes in sepsis. Paul Young himself did the best and to date, maybe the only well-controlled, randomized controlled trial of Tylenol in sepsis and critical Ill illness, and he showed no benefit to survival. And the recently published CAS trial where they did active cooling of patients with infection and sepsis was terminated early because there, it appeared that patients who were cooled actively actually did worse than what they termed traditional thermal management, which means the patients were just given, given Tylenol. So anyway, cooling people off more seems to hurt people we know this. In fact, listeners to this podcast, people that have heard me and coffee talk, I have been a strong proponent of the idea that sepsis, the host response in sepsis, including fever, fever being exhibit A, is evidence that our bodies actually know what they're doing when we are sick with infection. And in fact, evolution has given us a very finely tuned adaptive response to infection that does more good than harm. All right. So I quickly skimmed down to the conclusions. Without even read, reading the article, I'm going to predict that there's not going to be any group that's going to benefit by treating people aggressively with fever. And in fact, I'll just read the take-home message. So we'll start with that. Our findings do not support the hypothesis that more active fever management increases survival compared to less active fever management or in patients with limited physiologic reserves. So they didn't find any subgroup in this trial. Again, this is a meta-analysis. They didn't find any group that did better when we intervened more aggressively to lower temperatures. They did show that patients in whom that were assigned to more active fever management, that their temperatures were lower than the patients that had less active or aggressive fever management. So the therapies that we use to reduce temperature, they work, but they don't work to make things better with the things that we care about. And the thing that we care about most is whether we survive or die. Again, for anybody who wants to hear more about Paul Young, listen to that uh, smack lecture that he gave. This was in Sydney, Australia. That's a few years ago. I'll put a link to it on the blog. But he really lays out the evolutionary case for why fever is useful. We see it across all sorts of different organisms. There are behavioral fevers, of course, famously in lizards. There are behavioral fevers in Senegalese grasshoppers and in honeybee colonies that will increase the temperature of the insect or the colony when they're infected, and that increased temperature makes survival better. There are, of course, lots of work in, in other mammals and animal studies, and now there's a huge amount of data in humans that show that treating fevers doesn't make people better. Might be, might make people worse if we actively cool them. Probably makes people worse and, and kills people more if we give people ibuprofen to lower the temperature. The observational studies show very clearly that if you come in with a very, very high fever, you're more likely to do better when you are very, very sick. So the evolutionary biologist slash physician that I am would conclude and predict for any future trial that thus far the evidence suggests both this comparative work when we look at other species and if we look simply at other humans, suggests that our bodies are very finely regulated when it comes to fever and regulated in a way 
that is protective. And we don't see widespread evidence of harms from the febrile response exceeding its benefits. It just doesn't happen. And that's really what, why they did this trial. The framing of this trial and the reason it was funded, so they got money from the public to fund this study, and I'm glad they did it, but the framing was that fever is harmful. It's costly. It costs the body energy and other stuff that we're going to find some subset of people that are going to do worse with a fever. Some subset in which treating fever more aggressively is going to make them better. But they did not find any evidence to support that hypothesis. People treated more aggressively did not do better. There's no subset, there's no group of people in whom active fever management makes them better. That's a pretty good clue that the regulation that is responsible for the febrile response is something that has been well shaped by natural selection so that in general, the benefits exceed the harms and the febrile response is good. So you might ask yourself, well, why didn't they see any harm in those who were treated with uh, more aggressive fever management? And it may be the case that we do other things. You know, we may treat those patients a little bit differently. We may you know, intervene slightly differently or probably more likely it is that our bodies are sort of used to to the immune response is being subverted by organisms and by infection. And if one pathway gets interfered with, other pathways tend to be upregulated. So that's, that's a hypothesis for why we don't see any increased mortality in the active fever group. But from the perspective of evidence-based physician, we really want to know what should we be doing with our patients that has good evidence. So far, there's no evidence that treating people's fever makes people better. Therefore, we shouldn't do it. And that's the lesson that I think that we learned from the Naked Emperor uh, podcast, the paper that I published, that things that show no benefit probably we shouldn't do. And we can put a little more trust in some of these evolutionary inferences because they have a lot of predictive value. That's the, that's the great thing about evolutionary biology in general is that we can make predictions that are borne out by future research. So do you think that uh, the fever story is done? I kind of do, but I know that people will continue to publish this. In fact, I just, doing a search today, I found another paper published in January that sought to find another subgroup of people that might benefit from active fever management. And these are people that have cancer, who have neutropenia, and they get a fever. So do they do better when we block their temperature? Well, the study, also done by Paul Young, doesn't give us the answer. And this, this is a feasibility trial that lays the groundwork maybe for a bigger trial. They show that, yeah, we can treat people's fever when they're neutropenic, but, but why? Why do we do that? I don't get it. I think that this, the framing of these two papers that we're going to find some sub subset of people that are going to benefit from active fever management, that puts the lie, the evidence puts the lie to the idea that the febrile response is dysregulated, harmful, really in any subgroup. So the bigger lesson is that we should just let fever happen. When parents bring kids in who have fevers, I try to reassure them that fever is a good thing. That about wraps this up. We'll have a longer form version later on this week. But do uh, share your thoughts about this podcast or any other previous episode on iTunes or whatever your favorite podcast app is. And be sure to like us on social media and check out the show notes in the blog, evolutionmedicine.com. We'll see you next time.